Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision FinTech Views. This is going to be our year-end wrap-up episode, and for that, we have on the show back Stephanie, Barb, and our wonderful friend Mary. So let's get on with it. We want to talk about what. Things captured our attention this year in 2023. What are some of the things that we most look forward to next year? And to round it up, if we can put together a time capsule with three things: no live beings and no animals and humans allowed. What would that be? Anyway, so let's kick this off, Stephanie. I love doing. By the way, I love doing the show. With you, ladies, this year has been so much fun, and I look forward to more stories and more stories with purpose next year. What are the top three things that captured your attention this year, Steph? All right, hey Thea, I'm super excited to be recording this holiday edition with you and Mary and Barb again.、Um, 2023 has has certainly been a very interesting year. I mean, the the overall theme that we have all heard everywhere is. AI and ChatGPT, right? So I'm not going to talk about that because I feel like that is so passe and overplayed.、Um, but I would say that the three things that really stood out to me this year,、um, both personally and professionally, has really been this talk about like deposits for for banks of all sizes. Like we've heard it at nearly every conference this year. Um, a lot of the banks that I interact with have brought it up over and over again. We even ran like a full accelerator program surrounding that topic earlier this year.、Um, so we're just we're seeing a lot of increased competition for deposits, right, across the spectrum、uh, as it relates to you know retention and acquisition, wallet share for banks.、Um, so I think that's a really big one that we need to to keep our eyes on. Um, so that you know, banks need more deposits so they can issue more loans. It's this vicious cycle over and over again. But even if you look at our personal lives, right? We bank with multiple institutions. You receive your you receive your direct deposit from one account, and immediately within 24 hours, you're transferring that money to pay your bills, right?、Mm-hmm. Or you're sending it to another account where you have like a better savings rate. Um, so I think that definitely stood out、um, as something major. The second one,、um, which I'm hearing more and more about, and we literally were just talking about this five minutes ago, it's solutions that are helping solve problems within small businesses.、Um, you know, with the great resignation the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of folks leave corporate to start their own business. Um, and you know, one major challenge that a lot of entrepreneurs have to deal with is the the, the workflow automation, back office operations, how to accept payments, how to manage their payables and their receivables,、um, you know, cash flow automation and all of that. And you know, one solution that really stood out to me this year, particularly,、um, is you know, Finley. Right,、um, Lori has launched a really cool solution、uh, that solves this problem for small businesses, and we're starting to see more and more com- competition in that space,、um, helping small business owners to outsource all of this work and focus on what they do best, which is like helping their customers. So that's a big one. The last one,、um, which I know all of us on this podcast are really passionate about, is the financial wellness、um, and personal finance piece. Um, 
that has been growing quite a bit in, in 2023, how to improve your credit, how to save money, how to invest, how to teach your children how to invest, which is something that I'm always looking at how to do that better um, outside of Roblox, which is a whole different conversation. Um, but one, one neat solution that stood out to me this year as it relates to this kind of like personal finance piece is a company out West uh, called SecureSave. They, they basically partner um, with companies, they partner with employers to enable employees to automatically deduct a portion of their paycheck towards emergency savings, right? So it starts with kind of a goal of, you know, I want to save at least $1,500 in the next quarter. Um, and you can use that platform to do that in an automated fashion. So I'd love um, just seeing a lot more um, that, are, that are coming from that personal finance space. So just to recap, deposits, SMB solutions, and that personal finance are the three things that really stood out for me in 2023. Awesome. Barb, what about you? So my first one's probably sort of similar. Um, maybe you would call it business fundamentals. Maybe you would call it this is just how capitalism works. I'm not sure. But it seems like an awful lot of places were... Um, you know, doubling down on satisfying their shareholders for their next qu quarterly report. And that manifested itself uh, typically in a lot of layoffs and downsizing is what we saw pan out um, in several kinds of tranches over the year, I think. I'm guessing that trend is not done either. Um, you know, macroeconomics, everything's maybe not looking all that great in a lot of places right now. So that's one potentially easy response to make to that. Uh, saw a lot of it this year, and I think we'll see that one continue. Um, the next one is I was right last year, I think when we talked about what we thought was gonna happen in 2023, open banking is still not a thing, I'm going to declare. It did not become a thing in 2023. Um, we did of course see, um, you know, an a, expansive, set of information come out um, you know, in the US. Hands up if you've read the 100 page document or whatever it is. Um, but you know, that likely will be a springboard into continued activity there, I suspect in 24, but um, didn't see it manifest in year. Um, I know the Canadians were getting a hard time. Thanks, Alex, uh, you, you are forgiven. Um, so it didn't become a thing in Canada either, and there's a bit of a renewed focus there from the current government, so we'll see what happens. I, I'm going to give that a, I'm neutral on that for those of us north of the border. And the final thing for me um, is actually about the three of you. I got to meet you all in person for the first time this year. Was your, was, I think that was your goal. Uh, so I, I did pretty well on my predictions last year. I don't know. Uh, but thanks to all of you for making that happen. And that extends, the, the all of you statement probably extends beyond the three of you. There was an awful lot of folks that I got to meet in person for the first time this year. Um, and those were great experiences for me. And I would just sum it up, I think, by saying, let's continue to find the right ways to continue to be human with each other. There's not enough of that happening in the world right now. So the three of you were a bright spark for me in making that happen. So thanks a lot to you and thanks a lot to everybody else. I like that. I second that. Let's find 
let's find the right ways to to stay human um, in more ways than none. Mary, what about you? Okay, well, I've changed all my things <laughs> as I took notes because I'm like, oh, I wanna I wanna dial up um, these things that Steph and Barbara talking about and. Um, I guess I'll start with open banking. Yes, I'm with you. Didn't really, <laughs> the story keeps going. But one thing I'm super intrigued by in that, in that CFPB pros role is like requiring the rates to be shared. And like, from what I understand, that has been debatable quite a bit. You know, banks viewing that as their private source of info um, at times. And, um, I really am just curious how this will play out because I will say at my time with Bankrate, um, it was a very manual process to get some of the rates. Um, <laughs> like, there are some people on staff that have to do a really miserable job of um, going to these like very obscure websites and trying to find rates. So I'm just, that's just something I'm curious about in general um, and was a little bit surprised by um, with that. Um, with Onboarding, I think, Theo, we've talked about this a bit um, with Apple. I know the Apple Goldman Sachs story is dramatic and has been dramatic all year long. But one thing I'll say is like they set a standard on how to sign up for an account that's like super simple. And, you know, largely I'd say the industry um, still has a lot of work to do on that front. And um, financial health, yes, that's something I really care about. And so, um, one thing that surprised me, and it was specific to California, but credit unions, um, it was being revealed how much they're charging for overdraft fees, um, which was a little bit unsettling. Um, and so I was thinking about that, thinking about how Mint um, sunsetted and what that means for like other tools. But what I'm kind of like um, bullish about is there's a startup called Debbie that helps people or attempts to help people pay down debt. And I know. They're, they're partnered with, I think, Michigan State University Federal Credit Union. I hope I got that name right. But I like, I'm viewing these like next, like to me, that's like mint for today's age. So that's kind of what I'm focused in on too. All right. I have to move mine around because there are quite a bit that you, you all covered already. Yeah. But let's double down on what you just said um, about helping people paying down debt and Stephanie to what you say, finding solutions for real people. And that's what I got a little more energized about this year, either because the economy is just, let's just say less than ideal. Um, and there are more people thinking about real ways of helping people. So to that, um, the episode is not out yet, but it will be in 2024. We had the opportunity to talk to Rochelle, um, who has Spring 4, and her team is solely dedicated and focused on helping people with their financial needs, and they are B Corp. I love talking to B Corp. So I am seeing more and more community-based, very specific, targeted um, FinTech solutions helping people with different um, segments of their lives. So that is a good thing. That's a very positive thing. I'm seeing more employer solution as well, probably just because of economics is really, really hard to do B2C right now. So, you know, shout out to Bond. They have done something really amazing this year. I don't know if the news had made the circuit 
wide and loud enough yet, but they have the ability to work with employers looking at where their employees are with regards to their financial health and able to go out to the bond network of FIs and find solutions that would help the specific employees at no cost to the employee nor employer. And that's a really interesting way of extending the reach of credit unions, for example, outside of their normal boundaries and a way to help employers because guess what? If employees are very stressed and they're thinking about how to make ends meet and how to pay the bill, they will not be productive. So kudos to Uday and team on this. I am very, very excited about this when I saw the demo earlier this year. Um, and the third piece, oh, third one, third one. There are so many. I could, I could talk about ESG climate is a little upsetting. Um, hey, heads up to those who are listening. The world is not doing well. We can tell there's floods, there is all kinds of climate events. They are getting more and more severe. They are impacting people's lives. You don't have to qualify nor quantify how bad or assign a name or label on it. You can call it ESG, you can call it climate, you can call it, I don't know, Elmo if you want. It is something that is happening. It impacts people's lives. And if you're in the business of insurance, it impacts you too. So it impacts all of us. So let's just put our heads together and find solution for it. Instead of saying, you know, this is not real and let's get on with our lives. Because the sad thing is the people that got impacted the most are the ones who don't have a voice at the table. So you are in the middle of the money movement. You have the power and the resources and the people in time to do something about it. So let's do something about it. That's my take for 2023. Now, should we do the time capsule or should we do 2024 first? Which one do you think, Steph? Barb? I, I want to go at time. I want to go at time capsule. So we could, <laughs> I'm really curious to see like what everybody's planning on putting in there. I want to know what Mary wants to put in there or who Mary wants to put in there. But all right. Let's... I say out loud and the things I write in my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with you, Stephanie. What would you like to put in the time capsule? So, 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 so many things I'd love to, to be able to put in the time capsule. I'm thinking of how much the world has changed in the last three years. Um, so much, so much innovation that we have all experienced and new tools that we've learned how to use. Um, but the first thing that came to mind was like a QR code. Like I want to print a QR code and put it in there because I felt like at least from the U.S. side of things, we're like one of the last ones to adopt that particular technology as it relates to payments, for example, and like all the menus that came out, you know, during COVID. So I'd love to put that in the time capsule and see, you know, whoever opens it up 50, 100 years from now, would they know what the heck that is? Um, so that's at the top of my list. The second thing I was thinking of is um, maybe an iPhone. I'm really curious um, just to, to see how that would evolve. You know, like when if my grandchildren were to open the capsule and they see an iPhone, are you gonna know what that is, or would it be obsolete by then? And it's something else that's like maybe smaller, maybe more cool, or maybe it's like 
a chip embedded in our bodies or something <laughs> that you can rule the world from. So that's the second one that I was thinking about. And the third one, um, I literally like found this article the other day I was reading. I think it was published in June of last year about how many women are Fortune 500 CEOs um, today and how it's, you know, it's, it's now 10.4% of the Fortune 500 that have female CEOs and how that's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, so I, I would love to take a clipping of that article and put it in there as well. Um, and, and just curious to see how on the other end is, is that going to be viewed as something that is phenomenal or people would be like, what? At one point, not all women were CEOs. Like, is that a thing? So I'm just really curious. I, I like that. I, I like that a lot. I um, Speaking of bank rates, Mary, earlier, I read one of the latest articles on bank rate that talked about um, small business finance for women <laughs> entrepreneurs based uh -oh. on data from SBA. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's just say it's not the best. Um, and not only women are underfunded, which sadly is not news, um, people that are from underrepresented demographics, black founders and Latinx founders, they're also severely underfunded based on how many of them are in the business and also rejection rates, denial rates. So much to be done on that front. Barb, what would you put in your time capsule? So I was going to go with iPhone as well, but I was going to pair it with an external charger so that at least whoever unearthed it in the future, like one of those hand cranked, you know, prepper batteries that, you know, people could actually have a prayer of powering that thing up at some point in the future. So that was, I, and I have one of those, by the way, like it's in my car for that event that I'm going to get stuck on a snowy rural Canadian highway someday. And I also have no cell phone service, but at least I could power it up to use the iPhone 14 SOS signal and somebody could come and find me. So I'm totally putting that in a time capsule. I'm going to have to and, add a list of things that I'm anxious about now, Barb, because I, I never thought <laughs> about like a non like digital charger and now I have to worry about the cranking. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no worries. I got your back. The next one, um, I think, is uh, a copy of Minecraft. And maybe it's just the life stage that I'm at. But uh, that particular game, um, you know, has a a high place and gets an awful lot of time spent on it in our household and I think in many households. And, um, you know, a lot of the discussions, Theo, you and I have had this year have centered around what does the new virtual world instead of virtual communities look like? And you can define it in many ways. And, you know, we get to talk about it on, is it a metaverse or is it the metaverse or what do we even mean there? But, um, to me, that's been a really interesting success story in terms of expanding the view on who is a gamer. And, you know, gaming culture exists in a lot of places in the world and esports has become a thing. And I don't know that people really recognize it's a thing, actually. It's a huge thing and people don't really know it. Um, and one of those stealth onboardings, I think, is easy to use games. Uh, regardless of the age that you are. And so I would I would put Minecraft 
in that category. Um, and finally, um, also on the subject of games, uh, I would put in, I think it's about a 60 year old copy of Monopoly that I have. And mm. my, my dad had gifted it to me at one point, you know, like as you, uh, move through your stages of life. And at some point your parents are tired of storing all of your boxes in their house and they show up one weekend and they're like, here's the rest of your stuff. Um, that happened to me quite a while ago, but amongst that was, um, all of these call them legacy games that we used to play as kids and there's the game of life and there's sorry and one of these is it's got to be almost an original copy of monopoly and the houses and hotels are all wooden you know like it's it's old school and it it captures not only i think the idea of you know the evolution of you know family and what that means to society and how sustainable things are or not would we have held on to that if it was just simply the little plastic characters? I'm not sure that we would have. But I also saw a, a post somewhere, probably Mastodon, because I don't, you know, live on the the bird side anymore, that said, you know, Monopoly is actually kind of an interesting microcosm of where society is at right now, because it captures the idea that a rich person can get taxed and go to jail, uh, which I'm not sure that we see enough of that happening right now question mark so that's probably the other reason i'd put my monopoly game in there yes 2023 is certainly a very interesting year for that regards we still have three weeks to go at the time of recording um let's see let's see mary what about you all right i think i'm going all with like media related things so first thing in the time capsule to dial up on um more work needed for women in any profession really but um i would put in the headline of the wall street journal uh, the damning report on the fdic examiners um that would go right in there um Another one that would go in there is I would I want to capture the TikToks that Washington Post does. So like any of them, really, I love them all. <laughs> They're so smart. But I have to think like years from now, we'll be like, what's happening here um, a bit. And then um, and then I um, I'd also want the essay I did on Gidget, um, my friendship with Gidget, because um, I'd like to see how how that holds up over time but also just like to me it represents like alternative families and um that's something that's always been really important to me i love I that love you gave yourself family. a shout out there i love that <laughs> yes 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 absolutely it, it's good and and speaking of videos did you see the chicken one the chicken with shoes no I haven't it was on it was on washington post it came out okay. yesterday I'll be watching it after this. <laughs> it was a video of chicken walking around with shoes because I think that particular chicken had was missing toes. And so people started um, just creating little shoes for the chicken so the chicken can walk around in shoes. So it became a thing now. It's a series of videos. Um, go look it up. So, all right. So mine does not involve media. Not in the digital sense anyway. I'm going completely old school. Uh, analog. First one will be a set of Encyclopedia Britannica. Anyone remember that? Anyone? 
told I don't remember that. I remember when I was little, when when I had questions, I would ask my dad like, X, and he would be like, go look it up. Oh my God, this like this set volumes of books is fascinating. I can't get my kids to understand that sheer joy of actually finding something, being able to find anything actually, and, and learning something new along the way is serendipity. You're flipping through the pages and then you say, oh, wait a minute, I didn't know about this. That is for those who are listening, who are, let's say a little bit younger, that's how we used to look for things. There was no Google search. Um, that was, it was cool. I don't even know if they print physical books now, but if I could find them, I would love to put a copy of that, at least one of the books in there. The second one is checkbook. Um, I know if you're listening from outside the US, you will be laughing. Who still uses checkbook? Sorry. Um, me. I do. <laughs> yes, me too. I just wrote a check last week for my 401k. We do 2023 time check December in the United States of America. We still use checkbooks. I would love to put a checkbook in there to say 50 years from now, if people still know what it is or if they still might be using it in this country. I would not be surprised. The third one is a cassette tape. Um, and Barb, this is a nod to you for all of the music that you've been doing this entire year, 2023, pairing up articles with songs. Cassette tape is how we used to listen to music. It was how we used to try to record music on the radio when the DJ would be playing it and he would always interrupt at the worst moment when you were taping it and the song would never end properly. But cassette tape, and that was what we used the number two pencil for. If anything were to get messed up, you rewind the tape. Those were the good old days. My children would never understand it, but it's a testament to how much we have changed in the society and how much more it will still continue to evolve. It's um, a point in history. So that's my time capsule. Now, before we wrap up, three things, quick hit. 2024, what do you look forward to? Let's reverse this, Mary. What do you look oh, forward man. to? Well, by all accounts, next year is looking bleak. Um, so with that as the backdrop, I'm looking forward to, um, I guess it's going to be lean and mean, right? Like um, a lean and mean year. Um, but I think I'm looking forward to what creativity comes from um, that setting. I think um, it's really stressful and about to be more stressful in the baking industry. And I'm, I feel like um, entrepreneurs will catch some things that could be really compelling. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the dire situation that will lead to interesting products, potentially, Theo. <laughs> Never have me go first. Never have me go first. I'm learning. <laughs> what about? Oh, man. Mary, Mary's is way better than mine, but she made me change mine on the fly. So I'm going to start using uh, the following question in interviews because it picks up on, um, you know, the, the planes going down in flames here sort of um, philosophy that Mary's carrying into next year. So the question is this, all ye that are gonna talk to me at some point next year, um, what is the secret skill 
that's going to earn your way into the uh, tribe that we formulate in the post-apocalyptic world of the future to come. So uh, everybody that gets to encounter me next year in any way, shape or form, I guess I'm asking you that question. So I'm looking forward to using that in 2024. Ooh, so, so for the new episodes we're doing next year, that's how we should lead <laughs> in. <laughs> so listen up and get yourself ready. All right, Steph, what about you? Gosh, so, so many different things I'm looking forward to next year. Um, End us with a positive note. <laughs> I mean, I was going to, but um, yeah, I just along the lines of, again, something that's so important to all of us um, when it relates to technology is how do we leverage technology for good? Um, I, I would love to see a lot more tech being built for good, right? To help support greater society. Um, I've seen kind of a kind of like recent kind of rise in a number of software solutions that are supporting nonprofits to help with fundraising and cash management, uh, different ways to, to increase how much money they're receiving, how they're managing that money and how are they deploying it to help support the various causes. Um, so in 2024, I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot more tech being built for good to just help us be better people, a better society, and, and, and um, help those that cannot help themselves. I like that. All right. I'll end with mine. In 2024, I would love for us to be more thoughtful and creative with the data that we have because there's a lot we can do. There's a lot we can uncover with data. There's a lot of insights we can generate from it. And there's a lot of good we can get from it. I'm trying to round up all of ours um, wishes for next year. Let's say take spending data, for example, from consumers. You can take that and consumers, if they know where they're spending and their impact, perhaps this will give them a vehicle to do something different. If you have the data of how people are struggling, where they're struggling, perhaps this gives us a chance to create products that helps instead of products that tie them into a never ending debt cycle, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot we can do with data. Just innovate and keep innovating and keep being creative, but do it responsibly. That's my wish for 2024. And for that, thank you so much, my dear friends. Thank you, Mary and Barb and Seth for an amazing year. And thank you for all the conversations. I appreciate it. And for the rest of our listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us for this very eventful 2023. And we will talk to you all next year. Bye.